I do want to, over the last uh, several months, probably three or four months, man, I've been having some weird dreams. Not every single night, but man, there's some weird dreams I've been having. I, I won't tell you the whole of the one because it's really quite disgusting, but it ended up with the cat's brain falling out on one of our pillows. It was weird, and then it actually got grosser than that. But uh, I, I actually was uh, thinking about this message um, several weeks ago. The Lord impressed me with this probably about three weeks ago. And I, you know that state where you kind of are waking up, but you're not awake, and you think you're awake, but you're dozing? And then those are when the good thoughts come to you, when you think you're awake, but you're really not. And so <laughs> I was in that stage. Don't worry, the sermon did not come from one of those states. <laughs> but what I'm about to share with you did uh, I, was, I was dreaming and I started thinking about this message and in my dream I was thinking about it and uh, if you want to put that next slide up, uh, I called The Rock. This is The Rock. I'm not really a big follower but he was a wrestler and now he's a movie star. His name's The Rock and he came to our church and I called him up in my dream and said, you know what, the other week I preached this message about lead me to The Rock and... and, and <laughs> And I almost used your picture as the start of it, but I didn't. And he was laughing about it. I just thought I'd share that with you. It has nothing to do with the message except that's the rock. And that was my dream. I'm not preaching about that rock. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Better than the cat's brain falling out. But he was coming to our church as well. So it was kind of interesting. What would you do if the rock walked in? You know, I don't know. <laughs> but throughout, uh, throughout Scripture... Back to the Bible. Throughout Scripture, I, I had to listen to Brother Berner this morning, so I've got all these tangent stories I'm going on now. We're off on me. But throughout Scripture, we find the rock is used as a symbol. In the Old Testament, it's used as a type of Jehovah. In the New Testament, we know it's used as a type of Jesus. Throughout Scripture, in Peter and Paul's writings, they call Jesus the rock, the cornerstone. They also call him a stumbling block, a rock of offense, and you know as well as I do that not everyone sees Jesus as their Savior. To some people, He is the stumbling block. To some people, He is the rock of offense. And especially in these uh, times that we live in, it's becoming more and more politically incorrect to state any sort of fact. And Jesus is becoming more and more a rock of offense. In the Old Testament, the Psalms, especially the, the authors of the Psalms, David in particular, they make many mentions of God being my rock, of God being a place of safety, of God being a place of protection, uh, of the rock being in times of trouble where I can go to and hide inside the rock, the rock that is higher than I. And I'm thankful that the psalmist points out those things to me that I understand that there's a rock that I can go to in times of trouble. That there's a place of safety that I can go to. In fact, he says, take me to the rock and lift me up so that I can see above my circumstances. I'm glad that God lifts me up sometimes to the heights of the rock where I can see there's more than just what I'm in. There's more than just what I think is surrounding me. But God is in control. That there's something above, something greater, something mightier that God is working. Biblical authors throughout speak of the rock as a place of strength, a place where I can find that protection, that I can run to the rock. It's a place where peace can be found. It's a place that peace is found because of the security that it provides. But there's three things that I want to talk to you about this morning, about what the rock 
does and what it represents in our life. And the first one that I like to talk about is that the rock keeps following. The rock keeps following. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, it says this, Paul is speaking of the children of Israel, and it says in their wanderings in the wilderness, it says, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Now I have a rock this morning, I came across this rock by accident. It's a pretty good rock, it's not a real rock. Yes it is, look how strong I am. Came across this rock when I was in the attic. There's some great stuff up in the attic. You should go up there sometime in the cool of the day. It's a great place to go. <laughs> I need one of these boys to come up here that's got a belt loop. I need one of you boys to come up here. Look how I can lift that rock so easy. Come on up here. One of you boys. All right. That was a great hand clap there you received. People are really enjoying you coming up here. This is a really big rock. I should have got a longer piece of rope. Anyway, let's see. Oh, man, that's really not going to work. Here, let me tie this to your ankle. That might work even better. I thought it'd reach all the way up, and I could tie it to your pants, and hopefully your pants would stay up. But we'll just see if you can walk with this. See if you can walk with that just a little bit. All right, that's all. You don't have to walk real far. I just need you. Scripture tells us that this rock was Jesus Christ. Now, you know the story in the Old Testament where uh, they were, they were uh, in need of water and, and Moses prays, he approaches God and God tells him to strike the rock and water will come out. Moses strikes the rock and water comes out and it feeds or it, it, it quenches the thirst of millions of people and animals that were there that day. And so Scripture then tells us in the New Testament, we don't read of it in the Old Testament, But in the New Testament, Paul says that that rock continued to follow the Israelites throughout their 40 years in the wilderness. So just walk slowly. I know it's a little tough because that rope's not really that big. But the the Jewish tradition said, and Paul, this is what he's referring to, said that some people said that it was almost like a swarm of bees. You can just keep walking. Just keep walking with that rock. Just walk back and forth. It was almost like a swarm of bees that they could see that it would just follow them wherever, don't break my rock, wherever they would go. Other people said that, it, that, that Miriam was actually in charge of the rock somehow. And in Jewish tradition also, some people said that it was a 15-foot high rock that would just follow them. And it just struck me as kind of funny that they would turn around and there's this rock. You know, in the cartoons, they'd be walking be like, is it still me? Oh, 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 fooled you. I, I don't think they really did that. But that's just what crossed my mind. But scripture tells us that that rock would follow them wherever they would go. That throughout all the times that they were in the wilderness, we read of two times where the rock was mentioned, where Moses struck the rock and where Moses was supposed to speak to the rock. But we don't read in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament it says that in between those times, this rock followed them wherever they went. That when the times were good, that when the times were bad, there was a rock that stuck with them. And I want to remind you this morning that the rock is chasing you. The rock doesn't quit following you. That the rock is beside you the whole time. You can, you can step out of that if you want. Step out of that for a minute. But the rabbinical tradition says that that... Thank you very much. Let's give him a big hand clap. 
the rock would follow them. And in Numbers chapter 21, verse 17, when it says, spring up, oh well, they, they said that that was the congregation saying, uh, speaking to the rock as a congregation saying, spring up, we've come now, bring forth some water. And it says that they drank, which is an imperfect tense. That means that there was no stopping and there was no ending to the rock providing water. That it continuously provided water for 40 years that this rock followed and gave them spiritual sustenance even when they didn't know that they were receiving sustenance. They had continual access to a supernatural source. And I just want to tell you this morning that you can't shake Jesus Christ even when you're in the wilderness. You can't get rid of Jesus even if you try. Jesus will follow you through the wilderness to any pit that you drag him because the rock won't quit following you. The rock won't give up on you. The rock won't stop trying to provide for you. There's people in this place that can testify that, that uh, came to God later in life or, or you used to know God and then you left and came back. And there's testimonies throughout this place as you look back and say, I didn't know what was going on, but now you know. It was the rock that was following you. It was conviction that was following you. It was protection when you said you didn't care about God. You should have been dead, but the rock was there providing for you in the wilderness. You needed provision and all of a sudden something happened that's the rock that's following you it won't quit it won't quit it won't quit it'll keep following you you didn't realize that there was a spirit of God that was keeping you alive when you didn't care you don't realize that there's something following you right now you think you're here by chance you think you're here by accident no if you turn around you're gonna find a rock that's right behind you this brought you to this point this brought you to this church this brought you to these people I'm thankful for a rock that won't quit. I'm thankful for a rock that even when I didn't care, it was still there providing for me. It was still there uh, bringing what I needed in my life. That I was receiving spiritual food when I didn't even know I needed it. Oh, come on. I'm thankful for the rock that follows me today. I'm thankful for the rock that won't quit today. You see, the Israelites, they complained about natural problems. They were always complaining about something. We need water. We need food. We need this. We need that. They were always complaining about natural problems. And God would provide for those natural problems. But let me tell you, sometimes it's not the natural problems that we need solved. Sometimes there's something more spiritual happening. There's, something, there's a spiritual food that we need. And that verse tells us that they thought they needed clothes that wouldn't wear out. They thought they needed meat. They thought they needed a God, so they created a calf. They thought they needed water. But this verse tells us, yes, those things were provided, and God can provide those in your life. But what you really need is a spiritual drink from the well. What you really need is a drink from water from where you will never thirst again. What you need is water from the rock today. What you need is to drink from the rock. In Exodus, chapter, uh, uh, in Exodus Moses is commanded to strike the rock. Then in Numbers, God commands Moses to speak to the rock. And this is where Moses gets in trouble. This is where he gets pretty upset. And he decides just to strike the rock again. Let me tell you, just because God moved one way before doesn't mean that's how he's going to do it again. <laughs> we don't like change, do we? Especially when God says he's going to do it a different way. But for whatever reason, Moses strikes the rock. 
And so the first time we find that Moses strikes it, the second time Moses is supposed to speak to the rock. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 4 says, Surely he hath borne our griefs, and he has carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what happened to the natural rock, and it happened to the spiritual rock too. The first time it was smitten. The first time it was struck. But now the second time where we sit today, where we worship today, we don't have to say, any certain words we don't have a process or a ritual there's nothing that we have to do we don't have to beg no it says all we have to do is speak to the rock let me just put it plainly all you got to do is say Jesus and he's there all you got to do is say Jesus I need you and the rock is right there he's there to do whatever you need he's there to provide for you to provide sustenance for you Oh, I'm thankful I don't have to strike the rock or do a bunch of rituals or regulations. I'm thankful there's not a book or a creed that I have to read 65 verses of. I'm thankful when I'm in a car and all of a sudden something looks like it's going to be bad happening. I don't have to pull out a book. No, I just say Jesus and the rock is there. The doctor gives me a, a report and I can just say Jesus and I know he's there. Oh, come on, if you've ever called on the rock. Why don't you give him praise right now? If he's ever done anything for you, you've said Jesus and he's there. And all you need to do today is say Jesus. Whatever it is that you need. If you need salvation, all you got to do is say Jesus. If you need healing, all you have to do is say Jesus. If you need deliverance, all you have to do is say Jesus. We like to strike the rock, though, and do what we've done anyway. David understood this more than others in the Old Testament. He was a man after God's own heart. And this is what he says in Psalms 145. The Lord is nigh unto all them that strike the rock, that do rituals, that beg God, that plead with God. No, He is nigh unto everyone that calls upon Him. To all that call upon Him in truth. That means I just have to come before Him and really mean what I'm saying and just say, Jesus, I need you. All you got to do this morning is draw near to Him and call on His name. Salvation is just a name away today. Healing is just a name away today. Deliverance is just a name away today if you need something from God just call on the name of Jesus he's following you he's right behind you this morning just speak to the rock and see what comes forth in your life today oh I'm thankful for the rock I'm thankful that I can call upon his name wherever I am whatever situation I'm I'm, I'm in and God will respond to me The rock won't quit following. You think God's far away, but really He's right behind you the whole time. Just because you can't see Him, just because it doesn't look like you think it would look, doesn't mean God's not there. In fact, the only way I can know He's really there is just say the name of Jesus. (laughs) Have you ever done that before? You've just said the name of Jesus. In fact, really, if we wanted this service just to blow up, I'd just tell you all, just start saying the name of Jesus. Because you know what happens when you call on the name of Jesus? He's faithful and true. He shows up. He responds. If you do it in truth, He will show up in your life today. 
The second thing about the rock is that it won't quit following. The second thing is that the rock is my strength. It's my strength. Matthew 7, 24 and 25, a familiar parable that Jesus gives. It says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not. Why? Because it was founded upon a rock. Let me tell you, if your life is built on anything else than Jesus Christ, you're in danger when the storm comes. You see, the strength is where the foundation is set. It's set in the rock. Yeah, we've had a little bit of issue with our, our basement, and so I was calling some people to come look, and they come with their 65-hour presentations and show me everything. And the issue really comes with the soil, the soil shifting, the dirt on this side, and as it compacts and all this, at least that's what they said. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have just backed the truck into it. No, I didn't really do that. <laughs> The strength is where the foundation is. But you know what? If my house wasn't set in dirt, if it was set in a rock, my foundation wouldn't be shifting at all. Because the rock is sure. The rock is solid. The only thing that can keep you through everything that life will bring your way. And you know that life is going to bring stuff your way. If it hasn't yet, be prepared because that's what happens. That's just life. But if I'm going to make it through life and make it through everything life has to offer, I've got to be grounded. I've got to be founded. I've got to dig down into that rock. And that rock is Jesus Christ. (laughs) Jesus is the answer. (laughs) It's the answer. In fact, that was the last song that was playing right before we had prayer in there. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Man, that's about as simple as it gets. Let me just remind you, if Jesus is the answer, it doesn't matter what program you try, Jesus is still the only answer. It doesn't matter what self-help thing you do and positive thinking you do, that's all fine. But Jesus is really the only answer. Let me tell you. There's a lot of people that know each other here. (laughs) And there's a lot of people that maybe have been let down. Well, maybe not a lot. There's a couple people that have been let down by somebody here. Let me tell you what. Your hope is not in the people in this church. Now, there's, there's great people in this church. But if you think the people in this church are where, where you need to ground yourself, no, they'll probably let you down at some point. I'll probably let you down at some point. You know where your hope needs to be? Not in a church. Not in a, it needs to be in Jesus Christ. It's got to be in Jesus Christ. That's where the foundation, the cornerstone is. And then scripture says, if he's the foundation, if he's the cornerstone, then he'll fit everything together. He'll build it all together. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is the answer. I don't care what you're trying. If it's good, I don't care. If it's not Jesus, you're going to fall when the storm comes. You're going to have trouble when the storm comes. You better get your life founded in Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 3 says, For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20. And we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Let me just say, it may take some effort to dig down into the rock. Now, not this rock. This is a pretty sturdy rock, even though it's fake. I don't know who made this rock, but it's weathered the storms in the attic. It's whether the heat and the contraction, I think it's made of blown-in insulation or something like that. You want to see the underside of it. 
But it may take a little bit of work to dig down into foundation that's rock. You might need more than just a little shovel. You might need more than just a backhoe. You might need something that will dig down into the rock. And let me say, living for God is the best thing that you can ever do. But if you just think that it's going to be easy, no, you've got to dig down into it. You've got to pray. You've got to read the Word of God. You've got to come to church. You've got to do the right things. It doesn't just happen. No, it's not an accident, but you on purpose build your life in the rock. But you better make sure this morning, you better check your life and make sure what is holding you up. You've not just check the materials. Don't just check that. No, check where your house is built. If it's built on people, that will fall. If it's built on programs, that will fall. If it's built on your feelings, you know that's not going to last. You've got to be in Jesus Christ. You've got to be founded in the rock. You've got to dig down in there. That's the only thing that can cause you to weather the storm. There's people all over the world today that say they're disillusioned with God. They're disillusioned with Him. They're disillusioned with the church. And you see, that's really the problem. They're not really disillusioned with God because they never built their life inside Jesus Christ. They've built their life in all kinds of things. And I read books and I like programs and doing all that kind of stuff. But when it really comes down to it, what you need in your life is Jesus Christ. What you need to build upon is Jesus Christ. And anything else that's extra, that's fine. But my foundation must be in Jesus Christ. The rock won't quit following It won't quit chasing you. If you leave this place today and decide never to come back to church, let me tell you, the rock's going with you. (laughs) Isn't that right, Brother Bill? The rock's going with you. You may try and ignore it, but the rock is going to follow you today. And let me tell you, if you want to make it through the storms of life that may hit you tomorrow, you better make sure today that your foundation is set in Jesus Christ. You better make sure today that your hope is in Jesus Christ and nowhere else. I come to the last thing today. The rock follows me. The rock is my strength. It's my foundation. But there's something that the rock and I, there's an activity that we must engage in that is not really that great when I think about it. And see, the thing that must happen between me and the rock is that at some point in my life, I must be broken on the rock. Matthew 21, 44. It says, And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Lead me to the rock. You see, I like when the rock's providing. I like when I call his name and he's there. I mean, that's just part of the package. Isn't that great? I like that when I put my foundation in Jesus Christ, that when the storms come, I know I'm going to be able to weather. It doesn't mean that it'll be easy, but I know that I'll weather the storm with Jesus Christ. But see, along with it, I must also be broken upon the rock. In Matthew chapter 21, there's a couple of parables that are told. There's the parable of the two sons doing the Father's will. The dad comes and asks the two boys, would you go do this? And he says, yeah, I'll go do it, but doesn't go do it. The other one says, no, I'm not going to do it, but he changes his mind and goes and does it. Then we have the parable of the vine dressers, people that rent a vineyard, and the master starts sending, he starts sending servants to collect the rent, and they kill each servant that comes, until finally the, the, the owner of the vineyard sends his own son, and the evil vine dressers kill the son himself. And the parable goes on that because... They did not make the choice to pay the servants because they did not listen to the son that the father would come and destroy them all. 
And we find this verse following those, that whosoever shall fall on this stone, this rock, shall be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. It points us really, what Jesus is saying is that there is a day of reckoning that's coming to each person. There is a day where you will either be reckoned with or you will recognize in your life. You see, because at some point, everybody encounters the stone, the rock. Everybody encounters it. Matthew 21 does not leave any cause for exception. It doesn't leave any room for wondering, but it says that everyone will come in contact with the rock, which we know is Jesus Christ someday. And let me tell you this morning, you cannot get past Jesus Christ. You cannot skirt your way around Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us that there will be some who try to steal and climb over the wall, but there is only one door, and that is Jesus Christ. And every man must pass through that door. Scripture tells us that one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. In Romans 14, 11, it tells us that one day every knee is going to bow. One day every tongue will confess. And the question is left for you and I, will that be a day of reckoning or will that be a day of recognition? You see, because when I think about that day, I see it a little bit different in my mind. Because on that day, I see it as everyone all of a sudden realizes that Jesus is who they've been looking for all along. That all of history stands in awe and says, this truly was the Son of God. This was the Messiah. This is what I needed the whole time. And they look back and they'll be able to see that the rock was following them every single day. I believe they'll see the opportunities. They'll be able to see the provision vision they'll be able to see all of these things and to me that seems like such a wonderful day but when I think about it I realize as the Old Testament puts it that it will be a great and a terrible day because while I look back and say my hasn't the Lord done great things my hasn't the Lord been with me my my life has not been a waste it was not in vain but he is my savior he is my deliverer while I look at it that way There's others who will realize of what they have wasted. They'll realize that the one that they looked at and rejected was really the foundation they needed. They'll look back at all the times they scoffed. They'll look back at every chance. And it won't be a day of recognition. It will be a day of reckoning when they are confronted with the rock, Jesus Christ. The same rock who was sustaining them and they didn't even realize The same rock that was providing strength and assurance even when they didn't realize. The preceding parable in Matthew chapter uh, 21, it says that the vine dressers, that's representative of you and I, the people who are renting, you see, because we know this world is not our home. (laughs) I want you to think about that. We, We put it into a song and we jump and shout because this world is not our home, we're just a passing through you got to say, I'll pass in every time. We're just a passing through. But that's not true just for the saint. That's true for everybody. This world is not our home. That means you're going to spend eternity somewhere else besides this earth. And the past, so we're all renting. 
We're all just living on borrowed time, renting while we're here on earth, and our home will be somewhere eternally. And this parable, we are the renters, and, and we're sent prophets, we're sent preachers, we're sent people into our life. In fact, Jesus Christ himself shows up, the Son, and those who are renting are given a choice every single time. They are given a choice whether they should do what they were asked, or whether they will kill and, and beat up the servant. And they make the wrong choice every time. And every time they're faced with this choice, will you be broken on the rock or will you be crushed by the rock? Let me just tell you, the rock is not in question. The rock is not in question. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The rock is not in question. Who the rock is is not in question. But how you approach the rock, how you approach Jesus Christ is the question. How do you approach Jesus today? How, what has He been to you in your life? Will you be led to the rock? And will you be broken on the rock? Or will one day it be forced upon you and you'll be crushed and realize that this is the terrible day of the Lord? You see, life has a way of breaking us. And I want to be very clear that I'm not talking about those times where life breaks us. Circumstances have a way of breaking us. There's people that sit here today that, that the things that you have come through, you know it was only because of your foundation that you made it through. You know that. But see, those circumstances... The phone call I get or the text message I get or, or the, 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 the test results I get back or the sickness that comes into play, those are usually not voluntary. Let me just be real plain. Sickness is not voluntary for most people. Neither is death. Hurt and pain, abuse, those usually aren't voluntary. There's not too many people that say, I just want to be hurt by everybody. That I just want pain in my life. That yes, you can just abuse me. Those are, not, those are not voluntary things usually. So I'm not referring to those things of life which break us. I'm thankful that I serve a God that is able to heal the broken pieces. That's able to take all that stuff and mend it back together. I'm thankful that I can bring all those to Him and lay it on an altar. And He binds my wounds and heals me. But see, what this verse is talking about is not about how life breaks me. It's not about how people break me. It's about how I break myself whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken when I'm led to the rock and voluntarily break myself you see that's what I don't like I don't like being broken by other people but how many times do I voluntarily say yes I'm willing to be broken to voluntarily approach Jesus Christ and say here's my will you can break it here's my desires my hopes my dreams you can break them here's control of my life break the control of my life you see because if I'm gonna have my foundation in Jesus Christ I've got to first be broken on the rock I've got to first give control of myself to him and say Lord I'm willing to be broken lead me to the rock Lord and allow me to be broken on you Revelate uh, Romans 12 1 a familiar passage I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice Paul saying are you willing to be broken upon the rock are you willing to sacrifice yourself for Jesus Christ are you willing to take everything that you are and lay it on an altar and say Lord I give it to you Lord I break myself for you 
You see, there's no other way to come to God except for broken. And there's people here today that you've experienced brokenness from life and circumstance and you feel broken today. In fact, you're hearing this me saying you should be broken and you're wondering how you could be any more broken. Let me tell you, there's still things that need broken in your life. (laughs) Maybe it's the bitterness in your life that needs broken. Maybe it's the resentment that you've kept a hold of from things that have happened to you. Yes, those are the things that I must break on the rock, Jesus Christ. Because until I'm broken on the rock, He can't mend the pieces. He can't fix my resentment. He can't bring joy for sorrow until I'm willing to break myself of that sorrow. There's people here today that it's the rejection in your life. You've lived a life of rejection, wondering why there's no acceptance in your life. And it's just become part of who you are. But God is saying, bring that rejection and break it on the rock this morning and see what I can do with your life. It sounds counterintuitive, but there's people here, you struggle with self-worth, you struggle with confidence, and and you don't think you're anybody, and nobody cares. Let me tell you, bring your self-worth to a rock, and break it on Jesus Christ. And you know what? Then He can give you a new identity. Then He can help you see who you really are. I've got to be led to the rock, and I've got to fall upon the rock, and I've got to be broken upon the rock. Psalms chapter 34 and verse 18 says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and save as such as be of a contrite spirit. You see, God can't save me unless I'm broken. God can't save me unless I have a contrite heart. That simply means when I come to an altar, when I come to the rock, when I come to a place where I say I need Jesus, I've got to be willing to be broken in His presence. And yes, I'm talking about all the pains and all the wrongs and all the things that have affected you in your life. Jesus Christ can take care of those. But before that, I must be willing to break myself. I must be willing to say, lead me to that rock. And understanding that the rock doesn't just mean protection, although it does. And it doesn't just mean provision, although it does. It doesn't just mean safety and healing, although it does. No, it also means that I must get up from that place, somebody that is different. I must get up from my encounter with Jesus Christ and be someone different because I've allowed myself to be broken upon the rock. As they come to the music this morning. There's people in this place that what you are just lacking is being broken on the rock. What you need this morning is to come to an altar and say, Lord, I'm willing to be broken for you. There's people in this place you're wondering why you can't get over certain things. It's not because he's not a healer. It's not because he's not a deliverer. It's not because he can't provide anymore. No. I would put before you this morning that he's simply waiting on you to fall on the rock. Are you willing to lose yourself in Jesus Christ? The great thing is, is that when I voluntarily break myself, he doesn't just fix that, but he fixes all the other stuff too. You see, I find when I break myself on the rock, He begins to heal all my other hurts and pains and dysfunctions and addictions and bitterness and resentment. 
There's things that some of us in this place hold very close and very, we hate to say dear, yet the way we treat them, they are. I know until I fell on the rock and broke anger in my life, some things just weren't going to happen. I know until I fell on a rock and broke prejudice in my life, some things just weren't going to happen. Not going to happen. Things that you wouldn't say, well, I hold my anger dear to me. No, that's not what you'd say, but your life reflects it. It is something that you can't let go of. That's what I'm talking about. Breaking that person on the rock. And the thing is, is although this is something that happens when we come to God for the first time, because we have to be broken before Him to be filled with the Holy Ghost. He has to have control of us. But you know as well as I that this is not just a one-time thing. I'm glad that God took it all away when I came to the altar. I'm just sorry that I picked it back up. You see, because He did cleanse me. He did cleanse me. It wasn't that when I came to an altar it was a partial cleansing and I was sort of filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not just that he partially filled me and if I'd have prayed for five more minutes and I would have been all the way filled. No, either have the Holy Ghost or you don't. He either cleanses you or he doesn't. But the problem comes afterwards when I start to pick up the same things and I see the pieces laying there after I've been broken. I say, you know what, I'm going to take that back with me. I'm going to take some of that bitterness back with me. I'm going to take some of that resentment with me. Or the circumstances of life begin to callous us. And we pick them up along the way. But the question is today, will you be broken or crushed? Because at some point you will encounter Jesus Christ. And I pray it's not when you're crushed. He gives us the choice to break ourselves. So when I say, lead me to the rock, it's with the idea that I will be led willingly to the rock. And that I will break myself willingly on the rock. That I will confront that rock, Jesus Christ. That I realize that I do have an opportunity to be broken, to be led to the rock. And that today I'm confronted with that choice. Really, that opportunity to be broken. It sounds like it shouldn't go together, an opportunity to be broken. But there's people in this place, throughout this place, that have experienced what it means to fall upon the rock. And they realize what God can do when I'm willing to break myself. He's willing to go exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think. He's willing to take my life and do something I never could have imagined. I said at the start of service, we come in this place and we think we know what we need. We think we have the answer to our situation that we're struggling with. If God would just listen, it would fix all of our problems. But you see, really, I think what we need is simply to be broken on the rock one more time. What does broken mean? Just simply means not my way, not my ideas, not my solutions. It means giving myself to Him. It means releasing control to Him. You see, breaking myself on a rock is not about becoming a member of a church. It's not about doing certain things. No, because this church, the only reason it exists is to lead people to the rock, to a place where they can meet Jesus Christ, encounter Him, be broken on it, and then live a transformed life in Jesus Christ. Isaiah 57, verse 15. I feel His presence in this place today. 
me tell you what, if you've never received the Holy Ghost, if you've never repented of your sins, the rock is here today for you to be broken on. What does repentance mean? It simply means that I come to Him and say, Lord, I don't want to keep living my life the way that I'm living it. My way is just not working. Lord, I make a conscious decision to turn towards You. Lord, forgive me for always being in control is really what it comes down to. Lord, I release control to You. And You need the Holy Ghost today. You wonder why you can't, you still struggle with some things. You need the Holy Ghost today. The Holy Ghost will change your, you can leave this place having just felt God and feeling better, or you can leave this place a different person today. That's what scripture says. You're a new creature. That means something new. You can leave this place completely different than how you came in. If you're willing to be led to the rock, to be broken on the rock. Isaiah 57 says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place. Now that sounds like God. He's high and lofty. Way up there. He inhabiteth eternity. We can't even comprehend what no time means. Have you ever tried to think about heaven? How long eternity is? Just you can't comprehend it at some point. His name is holy. Not he is holy. His name is holy with a capital H. You can't get more holy than that. And he dwells in a high and holy place. That's what most people think about God. He's above our knowledge, our understanding. But then he says, with him also, he's not just in the high. He's not just in the lofty. He's not just with all the perfect people and the people that have it all together. He's not just up there with the angels directing an angel choir. He's not up there just doing all that. No, He's with Him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. He's with the person who is willing to be broken as high and holy and as unworthy as you are. He is willing to come down for the one who is willing to be broken. To the one who is willing to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I can't do this without you. The creator of the universe reaches down. The God who is holy reaches down. And then it says he does something. He revives the spirit. And he revives the heart. You see, there's no other way to revive your spirit. There is no other way to revive your heart unless you meet with the creator of the universe. Unless you meet with the king of kings. Unless you meet with the Lord of lords. And he is in this place as high and holy as he is. He is in this place. He's reaching for you. He's looking for you. He's wondering if you are willing to be led to the rock today. I don't care what you try in your life, you can't revive your spirit any other way. I don't care what you try in your life, you cannot revive your heart any other way outside of Jesus Christ today. As we stand this morning. The Holy Ghost is in this place. If you don't feel it, then just trust me, I've got candy corn up here. The Holy Ghost wants to fill somebody today. That's an amen. You know what? The Holy Ghost wants to fill someone every day. 
What's the problem? Not willing to be led to the rock. You see, I want to bring my brokenness, but I don't want to break myself. But I have to understand that until I'm willing to be broken on that rock, my heart can't be revived the way it needs to be. My spirit can't be revived the way that it needs to be. God is calling people to the rock today. God's calling someone for the first time to the rock. You know as well as I that the Holy Ghost is the greatest thing, but boy, it was scary. It was scary. As everyone told me to hold on and let go and pushed and pulled and poked my eyeballs out, it was a little scary. I was just worried I was going to speak devil words. It can be kind of scary to be led to the rock. But I'm here to tell you today, you've been led to the rock. And now you're confronted with a choice. Are you willing to come to the rock? Are you willing to come to Jesus Christ and be broken over it? Let me just break it down real simple for you before we give an altar call. If you've never been broken on the rock, this is what it means. It means you come forward, you repent. Not, not, with, not with these words I give you. Repentance must come from the heart. You can list everything you've ever done, but if that's too long, you can just say, Lord, you know, forgive me. If it's true. Now, if you come up here and say, yeah, just take it all away. Well, I don't know. you got to do it with truth. And you turn your life to Him. But you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost, too. As you, Scripture tells us, He's faithful and true to forgive us of our sins. And so when I ask forgiveness, He forgives me. No matter what I've done, He's faithful and true. I've got to believe that. I can't receive the Holy Ghost if I don't believe I'm forgiven. So when you ask forgiveness, you've got to then start praising Him and thanking Him that you have been forgiven. And the Holy Ghost is about giving control to God. If you don't believe in the Holy Ghost that it's for today, then just stick around. It's for today. I begin to praise Him. Scripture says I begin to speak with other tongues. That means I speak a language that I don't know, that I did not learn. I'm not, I'm not quoting Spanish from Spanish 101 I learned in ninth grade. No, it's a language that I do not know. And so it's going to feel strange. It's going to feel odd. Why? Because I do not know it. But as I release control of myself to Him. You see, because that's the issue. It's my tongue. The hardest of all members of my body to tame, Scripture says. When I can release the hardest of all members to tame to God, and He can speak through me, as the Holy Ghost comes out of me like a well, it comes out of my mouth, and I begin to speak in another language. That is evidence of the Holy Ghost inside of me. And I know it can be scary. Why? Because it's something you've never done before. But that's the point. It's releasing control to Him. That's me breaking myself on the rock. And let me tell you, when you receive the Holy Ghost, it's amazing what else God will heal. You're struggling with an addiction? You need the Holy Ghost. God can heal you when you receive the Holy Ghost. God can restore to you when you receive the Holy Ghost. Why? Because you've allowed yourself to be broken. And He takes all the pieces and He starts mending. He starts making whole. And that's what He wants to do in your life today. I want us to pray right now. Lord Jesus, we come before You. Lord, we're so thankful that You are the rock of our salvation.
Lord, that you've been following me my whole life, even when I didn't realize it. Lord, that you are my strength. You are my foundation. You are what keeps me in the middle of everything. And Lord, I pray as we come before you again, Lord, as we have been led to the rock, I pray that we would allow ourselves to be broken on that rock one more time. Come on, this isn't just for somebody who's never fallen on the rock. That was an explanation for them. But you and I know there's times in our life when we've got to approach the rock again and say, Lord, I'm willing to be broken again before you. Maybe that's what you need today. Maybe you need to come and say, Lord, I'm willing to fall upon the rock again. Lord, I'm willing to release control. Lord, I'm willing to give you my desires, my plans, my hopes, my dreams. I'm willing to lay it all down again for you, God. Oh, I believe the Spirit of God's in this place today. Amen. This altar is open this morning. If you want to come and pray this morning, maybe you need to fall on the rock for the first time. Maybe you need to repent and lift your hands and be filled with the Holy Ghost today. Then this altar is for you. Maybe you just need to say, Lord, I commit myself again. Lord, I'm willing to be broken again. Lord, I don't ever want to get to the point where I can't be led to the rock and broken on you again. Maybe the Lord has been challenging you with something in your life. You know how to get through it? Break yourself on the rock one more time. Maybe circumstances have come your way. Maybe life is throwing things your way and you can't figure it out. Let me tell you your answer today. Break yourself on the rock again and He'll start mending the pieces. 